I don't know. Water guns versus prostitutes. I got a, a question I have every day. <laughs> I'm picturing a kid looking at, you know, he's got, like, change in his pocket, and he's standing in front of, you know, the brothel and the, the super soaker store, and he's like, <laughs> oh, I've only got enough for one. <laughs> I'd probably get the water gun. You get to keep that. podcast i am tim dobbs as always and with me as ever is that lady you met at the party that time katherine Cogart. it's good to be here i still like that one that's that's one of my favorites let's, let's keep it that one i think i remember her I, yeah 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 i talked to her about smurfs my god what were we talking about it's that kind of deal you know? yeah yeah no i totally see that yeah <laughs> so the doom to fail podcast we like to Pick a topic and bring you several different kinds of stories. No. That <laughs> That's <again>. not us. <laughs> ah. We do like topics, though. We, we pick topics, and uh, we got a bunch of different topics, and we cycle through them. And this particular episode, our topic is toy inventors, which we always like talking about. And in particular, this time, particularly, we will be talking about one particular toy inventor, <laughs> Lonnie Johnson, inventor of the Super Soaker. Let's hit the drop. Each seven in a kind of zen pour. I don't have a dollar, but a cent short. I'm saving up for the fun that's in store. It's all thanks to toy inventors. All right, let's um. Bring it in. Bring it in. <laughs> Say, Catherine. Hey, Tim. Well, uh, what's up? What do, what do you know about this guy? Well, um, I know that he was born in Alabama. Is that true? Uh, as far as Late I 40s, know, yes. As in 1949? 1949 in Mobile, Alabama, a place oh. of which I know nothing about, and I <laughs> tend to associate with banjos. Um, <laughs> but in 1949, this fellow was born. 18 years later, he, he's been he's been just sort of uh, toying with anything and everything he can for those 18 years. And uh, 1967 rolls around. He's 18 years old, senior in high school, and he wins a National Research Award for the invention of a remote-controlled robot called Linex that he made out of junkyard scraps. You know, I wonder what that robot actually did, though. Like, did it My move, guess is it or? sort of, yeah, I bet it, I bet it sort of rolled around, but because it's hard to know, say. We know from our ancient robot series that robots could mean, like, anything. <laughs> That if you're us and you're looking for something to cover, uh, yes, a robot can be whatever you want. Hey, yeah, I, well. I, my reference is the History Channel, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, so he's invented this robot, right? Yeah, and I, I, guess, I guess I'm not sure exactly what it did, but it, it, you know, everything I've read says remote controlled, which means that it moved, I mean, it did something, there was electricity involved, and I mean, pulling it literally out of junkyard scraps, that's, that's something. Mm -hmm. So, he does that, this guy's, you know, he's doing well already, he knows what he wants to do, which apparently is like sit in a garage with parts all day and make tons of stuff but right. uh in order to facilitate that he goes to school at tuskegee university uh, of which i also know nothing about it sounds <laughs> made up um, it does sound made up yeah doesn't it <laughs> so uh he gets um a bs in mechanical engineering and an ms in nuclear engineering and i, I was just laying out what uh, different types of engineering mean 
to me. I was telling my mom this because she sort of lumps us all together. And uh, I I think he fits in the mechanical engineering mold of someone who really likes to just fiddle with stuff, but they're also pretty smart. And so they want to know the the book learnings behind it. Sure. That makes sense. I think. Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, well, the mechanical engineering people are writing me a strongly worded letter, but <laughs> um, let's keep on task here. Uh, join, join the Air Force, this, this uh, Lonnie Johnson fellow, and he uh, was the Advanced Space Systems Requirements Officer at the Strategic Air Command Headquarters. And so at this point, he's already in a science fiction movie, right? Yes, yeah. I, I think. He's now transversed the plane. I mean, first he was in short circuit when he invented that <laughs> robot. Now he's in the last Starfighter. <laughs> he's just getting higher and higher budget, I think. Yeah, exactly. Well, then he goes on and he works and at the Strategic Air Command. He's he's developing uh, projects for nuclear power in space. Uh, which, which sounds you know, made up. Yeah, it's it like does. Like some sort of horrific futuristic sort of space disaster that there would be a movie about michael bay exactly it's coming it's coming (laughs) oh no now that i've said it uh we just got to get the nuclear paranoia up high enough (laughs) it's up pretty high right now after japan (laughs) oh that's true um so lonnie johnson so after nuclear power yeah, after his, his Michael Bay uh, explosion in space movie, he then goes to work for Armageddon <laughs> on um, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, uh, JPL. That's uh, that's a pretty prestigious lab, actually. It's a pretty big deal. Um, and he worked on the Galileo-Jupiter probe that probed Jupiter and Jupiter's 18 moons, as well as the Mars Observer. And there he also invented the Johnson tube, which, um, well, we'll just we'll just leave that at Johnson tube. But it's a CFC-free refrigeration <laughs> system with a hydraulic heat pump. and uh, That's not what I thought of when I heard Johnson tube. Oh? <laughs> well, maybe we can... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is adults-only podcast. I don't know if we've ranked it. But here's the thing. So What? This no, guy... I was thinking a, a tube of Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much more horrific. Like, oh my god. Is he is he like crammed in there or is he like like is it like each tube has a different body part? You know what? I let's leave it. It's kind I, of like I, No, I, I wanna I wanna it. take this to the next level. It's like when you have peanut brittle and you open it and then there's snakes. But instead it's a little like sort of chump out Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> oh, it's like it's it, little um little sort of Lyndon Johnson dolls, but they have springs inside and then they jump out at you. And they um, exactly, and yeah. Then they they get you in an intractable war in Southeast Asia. <laughs> hey, Oh, <laughs> uh, political. <laughs> this guy, Lonnie Johnson. We're jumping back. Lonnie Johnson had a hell of a career already. I mean, he he'd had something like ten patents as it was. Um, and worked in all these crazy projects in space, and as we go, you know, the first half of his life is all about, uh, various science fiction movies. And then he steps it back. Um, he apparently just could not stop tinkering. He's, he's that guy. Um, he's just always doing something. So here, here's my pull quote from the, uh, uh prestigious paper, the New York Times, uh, uh, David M. Durham, who was a spacecraft engineer at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, recalled that Mr. Johnson was... I'm sorry, I should be using my quote voice. 
David M. Durham, a spacecraft engineer at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, recalled that Mr. Johnson was known not only for professional excellence, but for testing his wife's patience with his moonlighting. Quote, At one point, his wife nearly threw him out of the house because all he did was tinker, he said. After minor successes with inventions, he added, Mr. Johnson finally, quote, came up with the one that allowed him to no longer have to work for anybody. What was that invention, do you think? I, I'm going to guess it was the Super Soaker. Ha-ha! Nailed it. So the thing is, he's, he's tinkering at, at night in his house. He's trying to work on a new kind of heat pump. Um, or, sorry, a, a new kind of cooler uh, that More would be water-based. Yes, I think we need to get back onto that tangent. <laughs> you know what? We, we made a mistake trying to focus on this topic. <laughs> we were in the middle of a product design session that was really important. Um, yeah, so he's trying to work on a cooler that uses water instead of Freon because, you know, cooling is so important in nuclear technology. And, uh, he was in his bathtub, I think wearing clothes. Like, I think he was just working in the bathtub. But some people get ideas in the bathtub. I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, basically he pressurized some water in some kind of small tank that he had built. And it shot out across the room and BAM! He had the idea. And uh, maybe, Catherine, you can sort of step us through how this relates to the Super Soaker. It, it, I mean, it's a fairly straightforward mechanism, but uh, we should we should elucidate how the Super Soaker actually works. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's totally reasonable. The Super Soaker is actually different from a water gun in that instead of just sort of having like a piston and it slowly pushing the water out, you're sort of forcing air into a reservoir that has water in it. And then so first you're pressurizing this tank by forcing more gas or air into this reservoir with water and then once you build up built up all this pressure then you open sort of a valve and then water will shoot out until the pressure is equal in both the water reservoir side and the atmospheric side beautiful yeah that's pretty good i mean it's a simple concept i it's it's yet another in the long line of ideas that i heard and went i could have thought of that damn it (laughs) I mean, it's it's clever because you can only build up so much pressure if you have just the piston system that a water gun has. But um, with the super soaker, you're getting extra, extra force on your water so you can give your friend a bigger bruise. <laughs> it, are you speaking from a bad experience? or? <laughs> um, I, I was never allowed to play with super soakers because it wasn't ladylike. <laughs> but I wasn't allowed to play with dolls either. Because <laughs> that's not feminist, yeah. Yeah, so... You had no toys. They gave you a white room. <laughs> no, I had blocks. I was allowed to play with blocks. Were they I mean, just plain neutral. wooden blocks? or Were you, were you allowed were awesome. radical shapes? Okay. Like, were, were they all sort of rectilinear, or were you allowed, like, trapezoids? That's a little suggestive. The trapezoid? <laughs> no Legos, because um, they hurt when you step on them, and I can <laughs> choke on them. So, Fair no enough. Legos. Um, lots of stuffed animals. Stuffed animals, I see. Which are awesome and harmless. A little girly, but yeah. You know what? They don't yes. teach you to be what. a mother. Oh, you do know what. Okay, yep. never mind. <laughs> I want to I take a quick second here um, before moving on uh, about the Super Soaker itself, um, which is there's a couple of, like, sort of interesting things that came before the Super Soaker. The Super Soaker was the Big Bang. This is right around 1990 when it came out, and uh, apparently it just exploded in popularity um, just shortly after it came out, and that's what all anyone ever did was... I actually have a quote somewhere 
on one of my research pages of uh, from Rashida Jones of Parks and Rec fame. <laughs> yeah. Um, because her dad was Quincy Jones, who produced all Michael Jackson's albums. The so, Quincy Jones? The Quincy Jones, indeed. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, she has uh, memories of being with Michael Jackson driving around with a super soaker spraying people out, out of the car, which is possibly the craziest childhood story a person could tell. So me and Michael Jackson were <laughs> doing br- drive-by sprays of people in lines. Pretty great. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> But another uh, another thing we should touch on about the Super Soaker. So before the Super Soaker, uh, we had somewhere in there, I'm not sure who invented it, but we had the Cosmic Liquidator. Which is a great name. And it only gets better when you hear the slogan, which <laughs> reads, <clears throat> quote voice, Cosmic H2O Power Pistol System, Liquidator of Alien Starballs. <laughs> now let's speculate for a moment on what an alien starball is. So, yeah, I mean, it could be, like, a whole Ender's Game thing, right? Where, like, okay, we need to take out this sort of whole planet of aliens. Um, Or it could just be the testicle analog. I don't know. Alien Starballs. It could be a delicious treat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like fondue. You have to liquidate it, and then you dip in cookies or something. Yeah. Strawberries. It's an alien starball covered strawberry. <laughs> Space it. strawberries. We're, we're doing cosmic Christmas this year. Those are riddled with nuclear nonsense because of all the nuclear power in space. Yeah, it's just there's nothing stopping it. And uh, nuclear strawberries dipped in chocolate. They're probably really big, though. I mean, you could probably yeah. split. Yeah, that feeds it's a family. It's like a jawbreaker. <laughs> Not like a normal jawbreaker, but one of those gigantic ones that you saw right. in Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yes, the the impossible ones. Yeah. E- even regular jawbreakers, it's like, uh, who would want to finish that? I, I don't know. It's it's such a terrible candy. I'm still pretty upset with it. But it was all that they ever wanted on Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, they had, they had real goals there. I, I mean, you have to admire <laughs> those kids. You know, Double D was pretty cool. He just Here's wanted to thing. learn. But he had terrible fashion sense. It's the Doom to Fail podcast, and we will be right back and right on track in a moment. All right, we are Back with the Doom to Fail podcast, uh, your loving hosts, Tim and Catherine, hey. here for your listening pleasure. I like I like you sort of in the background, like, what's up, guys? <laughs> hey, yeah, no, no, you need. <laughs> Let me just finish this level. I'm almost done. <laughs> oh, I pictured you cooking something. I'm not sure why. You're like, oh, I'm in the middle of a souffle. I'll be with you in a second. <laughs> Lonnie Johnson made... A ton of money off the Super Soaker. It was a huge success. Uh, But before we we get into what he did with that money, because he actually did quite a bit with it. I think the last guy we talked about was the Slinky guy, and he just joined a cult. But Lonnie Johnson went in a very different (laughs) direction. But uh, before we we touch on that, we, we really would be remiss if we didn't mention that he is the owner of probably the worst publicity photo ever. He looks like Urkel. He does. And, yeah, yeah, like Urkel in a 
in a room of super soakers. That's what the picture is of. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it, <laughs> on everything you research about him, they have this picture because as near as I can tell, he probably invented the super soaker. Someone said, well, we got to have a picture of you with it. He got the picture taken, and then he sort of just stopped worrying about the super soaker, except when journalists came to bug him and needed, you know, some story about <laughs> A how, quote like, or something? He... Yes. <laughs> um, but he did move on, is the thing. He started his own research company, because now he had tons of money. And we already know from our earlier discussion that he is a pretty, uh, working on some pretty crazy science. And uh, so he started Johnson Research and Development, plus two spinoff companies. Uh, the names of which I don't know. One of them was about energy, as I recall. I think well, there was one called Accelotron. That is... He needs to get out of a science fiction movie. That's all I can say about Lonnie Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Accelotron. I mean, really, how much... I don't know. I think, yeah, this guy clearly just... I is it bet. made of unobtainium? Is that what it's made of? <laughs> No, that was a that's a far more recent invention, being that ham fisted in your science fiction uh naming. <laughs> At least Accelotron, it's like it's vague, it sounds futuristic. Unobtainium, really. Ugh. No one's buying that. <laughs> let's let's get together here. On, uh <laughs> Uh, on Lonnie Johnson's uh, big invention, at least as of 2010, I haven't seen any follow-up on this, which, you know, says to me that maybe it wasn't as big a deal as the fawning uh, articles tended to be. When when the big when the big reference point for an invention is the Atlantic, uh, not a good sign. I'm not sure that's hard science. Are you talking about the JTEC? Yes, the Johnson Thermoelectric Energy Converter. Yeah. Um, well, it was listed by Popular Mechanics as one of the top ten inventions of 2008. That's pretty cool. I, tr I tried to look up the patent on it. I'm just, I, I just feel like, well, why aren't people using it yet? I don't know. Maybe it's a small-scale type of thing. Kind of like you never really hear about new microchip technology, because who cares? <laughs> They're just getting smaller, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that helpful. Um... God, microchips, so boring. All uh, right, I'd so... like to tell you how the JTEC works. Uh, it's actually a pretty straightforward idea, uh, which, once again, I could have thought of. <laughs> uh, so basically, you've got two chambers, right? And I'm, I'm giving you the sort of limited, uh, limited edition of this explanation. But um, you, you've got two chambers, and they're full of hydrogen. And you basically put it, the thing out in the sun... And the sun heats up one of the chambers, and then that creates pressure. And now that you've got pressure on this one side of the chamber, it um, forces the hydrogen against a proton exchange membrane, which is something that we know about from fuel cells. And what a proton exchange membrane does is it, uh, and I'm, you know, <laughs> go ahead and write me a sternly worded letter uh, if you know more about fuel cells than I do, anybody out there, but... Basically, what it's going to do is it's going to take your hydrogen molecule and split it into a proton and an electron. And the proton will go straight through the membrane, and the electron is forced through a wire, and electrons moving through wires is electricity. So we got it. Uh, so now that's the electricity moving. And then the electron and the proton will come back together in the second hydrogen tank, which is at lower pressure. And then you use some of the electricity that you created by forcing it, uh, forcing the hydrogen through that membrane to power a compressor, which recompresses the hydrogen and sends it back to the first tank. And then the cycle goes on forever. And uh, 
it seems a little perpetual motion machiney to me. But you know, if if you sort of see where the energy is coming in and where it's coming out, it's possible. I need some comment. I don't know. Oh, I was just going to comment that maybe the Atlantic didn't know how it worked. <laughs> That's the only comment I had. Yeah, could be. <laughs> but but the important thing about the Atlantic was it got to make uh, you know East Coast snobs feel like they understood how some science worked. God, I hate everything, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, I hate more, so. <laughs> <laughs> that is impressive. Infinity plus one. <laughs> I want, I want to take a second here uh, before we, we end our discussion of, of Mr. Lonnie Johnson, who really has done some impressive stuff, uh, to ask you a question, Catherine. Sure. Does it seem a little odd to you that this guy who worked in Jupiter and Mars expl- exploration probes, uh, various heat pumps and things I don't understand. Nuclear in space. Uh, plus a... Uh, a special kind of heat engine that he thinks might, I think the quote is, it's double the efficiency of a photovoltaic cell, a traditional solar panel. Uh, This guy's known for the super soaker. I mean, what do you make of that? How do you put yourself in that guy's shoes where, like, all anybody ever wants to talk to you about is a toy gun? Well, I think think the upside of being an inventor and not Katy Perry is that... It's Katy Perry versus Lonnie Johnson. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I really want to hear I more. Mean, so somebody sees Katy Perry on the street, and they're immediately like, oh my god, you're Katy Perry. I love your song about trashy things and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of them. Whereas <laughs> um, someone sees Lonnie Johnson at a business meeting... They're going to be like, oh, Lonnie Johnson, I see your curriculum vitae, and um, you look like you have your shit together. And then it's just sort of like a fun fact that he would say about himself at a party. I mean, I think maybe the most horrible part of his life is that the Atlantic calls him every now mm-hmm. and again. No, I mean, you're, you're actually right. I think maybe that reflects poorly on me, that I, I would be concerned about having... I mean, the journalist would be irritating, but at the parties, I feel like it'd be more annoying to just... Oh, you, I invented the super soaker. Oh my god, let's talk about it forever. <laughs> okay, so if Katy Perry and Lonnie Johnson were at a party, I think Katy Perry would be more popular, is, I think is what I'm trying to say. Who would you talk to? I mean, of the two. I mean, I would talk to the guy who looked like Urkel any day of the week. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what if Jaleel White, Katy Perry, and Lonnie Johnson were all at a party? How do we get invited to this thing? I don't know. I want to go. Ah, it's a secret society. Yeah, we're going to be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast in a moment. Um, I'd like to get a good drone going before I start. It's the Doom to Fail podcast, and we're back. Tim and Catherine. And it's that special time of the podcast where we like to talk about the teeniest, tiniest, talkable topics. Tiny talk. God, I love tea alliteration. I know you, you do. It's weird. It's weird. No, it's not. We also like to talk about all. other things that start with tea, like Twilight. Let's talk about the new Twilight movie. <laughs> no! No! 
we've we've done like six of these and half of them have been about twilight <laughs> i'm pretty sure let's talk about falcons uh, apparently the new twilight movie offers fan service Stop it! and not much else <laughs> fan service like what like you, a like... pregnant uh what's her name Kristen stewart okay but who which fan wants to see that <laughs> But, like, what horribly, horribly creepy person is like, man, I've been waiting to see a pregnant Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I think a middle-aged mom who really likes the Twilight Saga. Are we talking about your mom? No, my mom hates the Twilight Saga. Oh, good for her. Unlike see, this me, is why I like your mom. who realizes that the Twilight Saga is the, the saga of our generation. She, your mom is a sensible woman. Let's just say that. My mom is a wonderful woman. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> And this concludes the section, and we praise Catherine's mom. Next week, <laughs> hang on for when we talk about how great my mom is. They're both so great. <laughs> okay, are you excited for next week? I'm excited. Next week, tune in. We'll be talking about the great city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, with uh, some light touches on its twin, St. Paul. Uh, all apologies to St. Paul. Um, <laughs> but until then, that is Catherine Cogart over there. And Tim Dobbs over here. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 I was so wild about you, honey. It makes me that you're from time. I will fall for you, loving. Until I lose. This week's episode of the Doom to Fail podcast featured music by Alistair Cameron and My Bubba and Me. That's me spelled M-I. To hear more episodes of the Doom to Fail podcast, check us out at doomtofailpodcast.blogspot.com or send us an email at doomtofailpodcast at gmail.com. See you soon!